You're listening to the Boswell Chronicles, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas, and joining us from Nice, Ian Boswell. Just wrapped up dinner. Uh, sounds like you cooked really well for yourself this evening. Yeah, I'm trying to, George. I've uh, you know been at team camp for a couple of weeks now, so it's uh, kind of a passion of mine to be in the kitchen cooking, so it's nice to have access to that again. Well, I'd love to hear about the last couple of weeks of training camp. How did that go? Yeah, well, it was um, kind of more or less you know, a lot of the same, just kind of training, gradually built up the, the workload, and we actually did a few kind of mock races, just split up the team into a couple of different groups of riders and did some races, and yeah, just kind of see where everyone's at, and teams uh, teams getting along really well with all the new riders, and then we have Kwiatowski, and I was reading with uh, Ben Yautenchowski, a Basque rider coming over from Mobistar, and yeah, everyone's getting along really well. Um, we actually, the last, second to last day of camp had a couple a couple crashes which was unfortunate um i actually went down in in one of them um three or two other people in the same crash that me that i was in um yeah we just went on a road that was a little bit slippery from some rain and there's some mud on the road from a tractor and washed out and you know wasn't uh we were all okay but just some some scrapes which you know doesn't uh doesn't feel good when you're in you know, in training, it's definitely different than crashing in a race and you kind of jump right back up to your feet, you know, having a crash in training is a bit more demoralizing and you're, you know, you have the opportunity to kind of sit there and contemplate the pain for a little while. <laughs> I want to go back to what you said about the, the mock races. I mean, that sounds pretty pressure packed, actually. I, I would think, you know, everybody's watching you and seeing where you are. And what is that like? Yeah, I mean they're fun. I mean it's you know some people get really into them, and like Dave Brelser was out there for the for the whole of the camp, and you know I think he you know he comes out and follows us in the car. You know he doesn't follow all the training rides, but during the races, you know it's usually kind of the last last thirty minutes of a of a ride before we get back to the hotel, and they pick out some sort of course and split us up into teams. And yeah, all the directors and all the people in the cars get a lot more excited, I think, than the us riders. You know, it's a bit more action than just following us in the car all day. Um, yeah, it's, you know, sometimes they kind of create a scenario like, you know, split us up into into two teams and, you know, one team gets a couple riders in a breakaway and so they give them a 40-second head start. So you kind of have to, you know, divulge a, a plan a little bit on, you know, how you know how to catch them, you know, before the finish or, you know, if you have a sprinter, maybe your team's sitting on a little bit. So I think it's also good for the for the younger riders on the team. We have two Neo pros um, just to kind of understand the dynamic of, of professional racing, you know, which is, I think we've talked about before, you know, significantly different than, than racing as an amateur when you're kind of racing for yourself all the time, just the, the team dynamics, which, you know, change a lot going to the world tour. So, um, yeah, the really good exercises, you know, it's, you know, some people, like I said, are into them. Some people are just kind of there to get a workout and it's, it's an easy way to get a, get some work in, but we always do a, a debrief afterwards as well, just to talk about it and, you know, how we could have raced it differently and just kind of, just kind of like, uh, yeah, just like practice in basketball, I guess, a little scrimmage at the end of the practice, which was always fun when I used to play basketball. So it's, yeah, and enjoy doing cycling as well. Very cool. Now, I don't want to put you on the spot or make you uncomfortable with this, but, you know, we've been following you since you were U23, and now you're really a seasoned veteran on the Pro Tour. What's it like? How do you feel your role has changed? Uh, the neo pros that come in have got to be looking up to you and thinking, wow, this guy's been here for three years. What's that like for you? Yeah, I'm kind of in a weird um, spot in my career, I guess, in that remark, you know, because I'm, you know, this is my going into my fourth season with Sky and, you know, I feel like I've 
gained a lot of experience and, you know, have a lot of you know, information to kind of pass on to the younger guys. And, you know, I'd make a, a pretty, uh, you know, big effort to try to talk to those guys and just give them advice about, you know, things that I learned in my first two years on the team and, you know, tips, um, you know, but I think I was the same when I was that age, you tend to not listen to people and especially because I'm not, you know, a senior rider on the team. I'm kind of in this age where I'm still young enough to kind of be, you know, the same age as them, but not, you know, but yet I have some experience and it's, I was actually talking to a lot of the other writers about how it's funny how, you know, some things I would tell the younger guys and they wouldn't really listen or, you know, they kind of give you a response like, Oh yeah, whatever. Like sure. You know what you're talking about. But then again, you know, I was thinking, well, I wish someone would have given me that advice when I was, you know, a first year on the team. But the thing is people were giving me that advice. I was just young and, and ignorant. <laughs> you know, didn't really, didn't really take their advice. So it's uh, kind of come full circle in that regard, just seeing the, you know, kind of the mentality of a uh, young up and comer. Can you talk a little bit about your goals uh, for 2016? I'm sure you went over that somewhat in camp, but I know that changes so much throughout the season. Yeah, so you know, 2016, fourth year on the team. You know, I uh, you know had a good year last year, so you know, kind of just keep building on that. Um, my target for the first part of the season will be the Giro, so kind of building up towards towards the Giro. I'll start down in in Australia with the uh, Cadell Evans. Great Oceans Classic, I believe it's called, and then the Herald Sun Tour, which is down in Australia as well. So I'll do those two races and then come back to Nice for a little training block before uh, possibly Strada Bianchi and Torino Adriatica. Um, so kind of a lot of Italian races, and then maybe do an altitude block with the team, Giro del Trentino, and then uh, hopefully straight into the Giro. So it's yeah, it's a you know big goal, and I think we have a really good team for the Giro this year, going with with Mikel Landa and. Koning, who was sixth last year, so yeah, Landa was third last year, Koning sixth, so we had two, you know, Giro contenders. Um, so that's that's the positive side. You know, the downside of that is the Giro is on the same time as the Tour of California, so I won't be won't be back home for that. Um, but I guess that's always an option if the Giro doesn't uh, doesn't happen, then I'll be in California. But I think for now, my goal is to try to make that make that Giro team. And we'll talk quite a bit more about that next week when we do a year in review of 2015 and also looking toward 2016, which I'm looking forward to that one. But uh, with Christmas coming up, Friday, I kind of, you know, are you there alone, no family? Yeah, I'm um, here alone for, I think, the first Christmas I've ever spent alone. Last year I was out in Mallorca with a friend um, just doing some training and in a hotel, so that was kind of a different experience. But this year, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it doesn't really feel like Christmas being being alone. But it's it's actually been all right. I uh, there's still quite a few guys around here that used to hang out and train with. And my mom's actually coming over just after Christmas, um, a couple of days after. So maybe do a little belated Christmas celebration then. Oh, that'd be great. And I, again, how did you get so into to cooking? I, I I love to bake. I find it very relaxing. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of the same with same with cooking. I guess when I went down to to Chico, California, when I was in in college, I uh, you know had to learn how to cook, and I just always enjoyed it at home, and seemed to always be watching Food Network. So I think think that kind of sparked my interest in cooking, and yeah, it's something that's really kind of a, a passion of mine, something I enjoy. And you know, I also enjoy baking, but I think baking's a little bit more. Uh, you have to kind of follow a recipe baking, you know, which I don't know is I kind of like to take recipes and mix them up a little bit and try my own, my own concoctions. And if you miss a couple of ingredients in baking, it usually doesn't turn out 
quite right. So yeah, it's just something I think obviously, you know, nutrition is also a big part of cycling and I just like to, you know, cook my own food and know what I'm, know what I'm eating. I, I think the biggest problem with baking is you've got something very fattening to eat. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, also a problem. <laughs> so, yeah, my, my mother sent me a picture the other day of her and my girlfriend and brother and sister were back home baking a bunch of cookies that hopefully they uh, don't eat them all and my mom can bring over some, some cookies for me. <laughs> well, hopefully we can generate a lot of Christmas wishes for you through this show. Um, I would also love to hear what was your best ever Christmas when you were a child? Oh, my best ever Christmas. Um, I have to be, have to be way back when I was, when I was younger and you have all the, the excitement of Christmas and I was, you know, really fortunate growing up to have most all my family living in, living in Bend where I'm from. Um, so we have like Christmas dinners with 20, 25 people. Um, and one particular one, I can't, I guess one when I was rather, I mean, like, eight or nine, my uncle dressed up as Santa Claus and came in and, and surprised us. And that was uh, probably one of the more memorable Christmases that I had. And I, you know, didn't know that it was him until, until recently, you know, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, quite the surprise. And yeah, I think it was just all the having family around and, you know, being a kid and having that, you know, that excitement of, you know, Christmas and the presents and everything. Any present stand out to you? I'm thinking of Ralphie from A Christmas Story and his Red Rider BB gun. Oh, we did get a BB gun one year from my brother, um, <laughs> but that wound up being taken away after we shot a hole in the neighbor's window. So, <laughs> yeah, similar similar story. Um, but now I think you know when I was young, I got a I got a snowboard one year, and I was really excited about that just because we went snowboarding that afternoon, and I just remember being so thrilled to have a present that I could use right away and something that I would use, you know, for a couple of years as well. Well, it's cool to hear your mom is coming over to, uh, have a belated Christmas with you. I wish you all the best and a very happy holiday. Ian. Yeah. Great. Thank you, George. And happy holidays to you as well. You've been listening to the Boswell Chronicles with Ian Boswell from Nice, France in Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas wishing everyone a very Merry Christmas and happy holiday.